Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Time. Today, we are going to be talking about the Murdoch family murders, and it is a truly unbelievable story that you cannot make up. So let's get into it. everyone we are officially kicking off our first podcast episode ever my name is avery and my name is dylan and we are so happy to have all of you listening today very happy so with this being the first episode i'm excited but nervous for sure i am very nervous but it's gonna be a lot of fun and it's going to be extremely interesting I hope so, because you were hyping this episode up a lot. (laughs) All right, then let's get into it. So our story begins in Hampton, South Carolina, where three generations of the Murdoch family all served as solicitors on the 14th Judicial Circuit in South Carolina from 1920 to 2006. Okay, what is a solicitor? Because I've never really heard that term in government before. So a solicitor is like a district attorney. They are extremely connected to law enforcement and considered to be one of the most powerful positions in the South Carolina justice system. Okay, okay. So they were extremely powerful in their small town that didn't have a lot of businesses, not a lot of traffic, and their name was extremely well known. However, they did not start making national headlines until February 23rd, 2019 because of a boat crash. Hmm. So I think that's the best place to start our story and get into the boat crash. Uh, All of this information is from the depositions that were released by the witnesses on the boat crash that night. So we're just going to go straight into this. Sounds good to me. All right, so Mallory Beach, her boyfriend Anthony Cook, Connor Cook, his cousin, and his girlfriend, Paul Murdoch, and his girlfriend at the time, all had plans to take Paul Murdoch's family boat to an oyster roast, and then they were going to return to stay the night at the Murdoch's River at home in Beaufort County, South Carolina. Okay, so they're just going on a boat ride. And then heading right back home. Yep. Going to celebrate an oyster roast. They're all around college age. Actually, a few of them went to the University of South Carolina. So kind of a small connection there. Um, Mm. But kind of just a casual evening. It's February, so kind of cold to be doing this. But it's South Carolina, so. Yeah, it's the South. Yeah. So the evening kind of kicks off at around 5.30 p.m. where there's surveillance footage that I observed that showed um, Paul Murdoch driving a big pickup truck with their family boat attached to the back. And they pulled up to a gas station where Paul then actually purchased three packs of alcohol. But there was a little bit of an issue here because due to the depositions, Um, what they stated was that he actually used his older brother's 
Buster's ID because he was 20 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. However, on that fake ID, his older brother Buster was, I think, like 60 pounds heavier than him and seven inches taller. So either the guy didn't care or just didn't yeah, look. You know, kind of like just small town gas station, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of shady, but not unheard of. Yeah. So um, the boat that they were going to be using this night was a 17-foot sea hunt, and the lights actually did not function properly. Okay. Yeah, great start to the night. So already rough, already going into it, unfortunately, not too well. So they all load up take the boat, go to the oyster roast. They're having a good time, supposedly drinking. However, there were adults at this oyster roast and um, Anthony Cook, one of the boaters that evening, all talked about getting Uber to take home since um, Paul, who was driving the boat that night, had allegedly become extremely intoxicated. Okay. But he insisted that they take the boat home according to the depositions and so at the end of the oyster roast they all loaded back up and they started to make their way home however paul then decided he wanted to get a shot from a bar named luther's rare and well done which was in downtown beaufort and according to kind of like surveillance footage they were there for about nine minutes so they pull up to the dock They all unload, and surveillance footage shows them getting off. Paul and another one of the boaters named Connor Cook left to go to the bar to get... So this is just like a bar that you can pull up on your boat? Yeah. The footage looks like a river walk, kind of a boardwalk situation. There's Mm -hmm. like, you can see a couple of different boats docked, but it's dark. It's really late. And you can tell it's cold. So I've kind never of, been to one of those. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I know. It looks interesting. But unfortunately, I feel like at this time of night, um, the boaters started to get visibly upset. And I could see why. Because mm-hmm. it was definitely not an ideal situation. Unfortunately, Paul and Connor, you know, they got two rounds of shots. And they were in there for a couple minutes. And... As you see, they kind of come back to the group, meet up, and they all load back onto the boat. Mm-hmm. And tensions were rising, but with Paul Murdoch, you know, only consuming more alcohol, according to the witnesses' depositions, his behavior worsens significantly when he is under the influence. And they even said that he has a persona named Timmy that he turns into, and it's because he like becomes a completely different person. Okay, that yeah, that doesn't sound yeah. good. You all may know someone like that. <laughs> However, you know, as they're beginning to kind of make this trip home due to his Timmy persona coming out, Paul began to remove his clothes and then he allegedly becomes more angry and violent and began shouting. And uh, this behavior, you know, continues and stress is high. Everybody's getting annoyed. Mm -hmm. And 
slowly like I think he just starts kind of like pacing he he's driving the boat but he leaves the steering wheel like around three times because his girlfriend at the time was actually at the front of the boat and he just kind of takes it out all on her according to the depositions he began to argue with her and eventually ended up uh, pushing her slapping her and spitting on her face okay so he's like actually very abusive yeah physically abusive yeah and according to the depositions this isn't like the first time he's treated her this way yeah so it's not out of the norm for him yeah it makes it even worse yeah so poor girl yeah it's really sad and you know her friends were on the boat with her and so they're all fed up and anthony cook and Mallory Beach were at the back of the boat, and Mallory Beach being one of Paul Murdoch's girlfriend's best friends, she finally had enough and yelled at Paul to stop. And Paul, at that point, I guess, kind of according to the depositions, turned around and pointed at her like he was about to go in on her. But her boyfriend, Anthony Cook, told him off, which led to Paul going like straight back to the steering wheel and, you know, allegedly putting the boat into like full throttle. Okay. So the speed began to increase significantly, quickly, dangerously. And they're nearing Archer's Creek, which is near Paris Island. And Anthony Cook's deposition stated that he sat on the floor holding his girlfriend, Mallory, since they were so afraid of how the boat speed, like they were like holding on for dear life. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, they shortly hit a piling at Archer's Creek Bridge at 2.21 a.m. Anthony Cook, Paul Murdoch, and Mallory Beach fell into the water, but unfortunately only Anthony and Paul got out. Okay, so Yaler woman... Mallory. Yeah. So Mallory was missing. Okay. They couldn't find her. Mm -hmm. They're freaking out. They're screaming. You can actually hear it on a nine one one call that was made, but she was never she was never found that evening, and her body was discovered a week later. Okay. So she unfortunately passed away in the crash. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, but Connor Cook, one of the boaters, called nine one one. And he had a broken jaw making this phone call. Oh, my God. Yeah. And as I just mentioned, like, the call is intense. Like, they're screaming. They're searching for Mallory. Everyone's just frantic. They don't even know where they are. Mm -hmm. And so the dispatcher on the other line is, she seems super nervous with all the screaming and yelling and kind of scrambled. And um, they actually sent them to the the dispatchers to like the wrong bridge at first so it took them like 30 plus minutes to actually get to where the crash was okay do they know why the dispatcher or the cops went to the wrong bridge was it the dispatchers like yeah so the woman on who answered the 911 call Mm -hmm. you know they she you can hear she doesn't understand where they're at because connor has a broken jaw and he's trying to say archer's creek bridge she's hearing like street so but i don't know if this um phone call caused this to happen but she actually shortly resigned after that call yeah gosh yeah so it was really upsetting a rough a rough night and it was just like crazy from Mm -hmm. the beginning 
So the ambulances get there, the police get there, and the questioning begins immediately. And there is a Beaufort County Sheriff report that stated that the driver of the boat was not known. However, due to the questioning that they began, as soon as they arrived on the scene, multiple boaters stated that Paul was the one driving. So the cops were just like lying for him. Yeah. You can already tell that this family's control power is kicking in because despite everything that had just happened, once Paul got out of the water, his first action was to call his grandfather, who had previously served as one of South Carolina's solicitors. Of course, yeah. So Paul was actually not even given a field sobriety test on the scene, despite, you know his behavior once they got there yeah you know you think he's acting like you know he knows that he has i guess power you know he knows he's still out yeah he's acting wild (laughs) yeah and he he knows his family is probably going to get him out of this in some strange sick way yeah so he just fears no consequence yeah and he was aggressive violent insane to everyone around him, even the cops. Yet no field sobriety test given. Mm-hmm. And there were actually, because of all of this developing daily, there were new court documents recently released that law enforcement may have conspired in this investigation. <laughs> may have. May have. So, you know, and that's just kind of the beginning of it all. They get to the hospital and it just gets even more insane. Yeah. You know, all these kids are just like, like, they just got in a big crash. Their best friend is missing. You know, a girlfriend is missing. And Alec Murdoch and Randolph Murdoch, so Paul's father and grandfather, get to the hospital pretty quickly after they get there. And, you know, they basically come into the son, their son, grandson, Paul, being restrained since he was acting so crazy. Oh, my God. So he was, like, going off on people. Yeah, like, still physically violent. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And according to um, nurses' affidavits that were released from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, They stated that Alec Murdoch, the father, was going in and out of all of the patients who were in the boat crash's rooms and trying to get information, trying to, they said it seemed like he was trying to get everyone's story straight, Mm -hmm. get him on the same page as to what had happened. Sort of like wink, wink. Yeah, like you don't know who was driving the boat type of stuff, I'm thinking. And it gets even crazier because... Connor Cook, we know the one who called 911 and went into the bar with Paul. He stated in his deposition that when Alec Murdoch came into his room, he told him that, quote, that everything was going to be all right. I just needed to keep my mouth shut and tell them I didn't know who was driving and that he's got me, end quote. Okay. So he's going through a lot right now, this broken jaw, and now all of a sudden he's being told that quote someone was trying to pin the crash on him end quote so you know at that point it's just like so he's like injured frantic Mm -hmm. thinking he's gonna get like this pinned on him yeah 
Yeah, that, so would, be, that th- would be terrible. That's where like the that's conspiracy scary. comes in, and it's a whole nother like case that's kind of going on at the side. But continuing our night at the hospital, um, according to Mandy Matney, the director of Fitz News, she said that Paul was still acting so belligerent that he was given a blood test by the hospital to see if he had a head injury. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So not even law enforcement, the hospital is like stepping in at this point and is trying to see why something isn't right. Yeah. But um, the, the test, the blood test came back and his blood alcohol content was at about a 0.286 at around 4 a.m. Okay. So that's like three, four times mm-hmm. most states legal limit. Yeah. And almost over two hours later after the crash. <laughs> yeah. So finally, this information comes to light. And after a few months, Paul was finally charged with three felony charges of boating under the influence. And he was going to be facing 25 years in prison. Um, However, leading up to that, he never even saw any jail time. Never really experienced what someone who... What normal person. Would have, you know cause the death of someone drunkenly driving a boat already just unfair completely. Mm -hmm. So, um, on June 10th of 2021, there was going to be kind of like a really big hearing for this case that was going to like kick some big things into gear. However, on June 7th, he was murdered alongside his mother, Maggie at the family's hunting home and they were found by their father slash husband, Alec Murdoch, and they were laying on the ground by their outdoor dog kennel. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a big curveball. Yeah, it's it's almost unbelievable because the fact that they the cops were the first their first thought was was this a revenge plot? Like did somebody in the crash have a personal vendetta? But like the boyfriend, whose yeah, uh, girlfriend died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, that is not the case because every single um, boater from that night and Mallory Beach's family, the girl who passed away, yeah. they all submitted to DNA tests and questioning. And after that, they were never called again. Mm-hmm. They haven't been asked for any more information since. So that kind of motive has been ruled out. Okay. Um, there was a Good Morning America journalist who, um, stated that Alec Murdoch was taking his father to the hospital and then visited his mother who has dementia before returning home that night. So although he's the one who found them, that's kind of his alibi. Yeah. So he's a pretty strong alibi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Supposedly they say. Mm-hmm. However, because of this, they're have honestly been no suspects and Alec Murdoch was maybe deemed a person of interest, but no arrests, no suspects, nothing has been released yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately, you know, this double homicide, there is actually information from Mandy Matney. She said that sources told Fitz News that Paul was killed by a shotgun shot to the chest and another that went through his arm and head. 
and Maggie died from multiple gunshots from a semi-automatic rifle. Oh my God. Yeah. So I guess it's extremely unusual for there to be more than one murder weapon in a homicide. So it's already, you know, there's a lot of questions. So are they sort of assuming it was two killers or multiple people? They they haven't released anything. Okay. Nothing that I've read. There's yeah. nothing as to who that they have no information about okay. who they think did this. But something kind of strange that's come out of that is because of this double homicide, two previous cases have been reopened due to evidence that has been found. Okay. So we don't know what that evidence is, but I will kind of give a brief description as to what these two cases are because they just so happen to circulate around the Murdoch family. In- okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these cases go so much deeper and there's a lot more information, but we'll start with the first one, which in 2015, Stephen Smith, a 19-year-old Young man was found dead on a road in the middle of the night. Okay. Um, How was that? So these uh, were all strictly rumors. There's no actual police published information that states that this is evidence. But, you know, small town rumors get around. Stephen Smith was a gay young man. And there were, again, whispers that maybe Buster Murdoch, the older brother of this family, mm-hmm. maybe had some type of relationship with him. Okay. And, may you know, it's just speculation. But that is a rumor. Mm-hmm. And the second case around them that was opened back up because of the double homicide is Gloria Satterfield. And she was the Murdoch's family nanny slash maid and she supposedly died in a trip and fall accident that actually happened in their family home in 2018 okay and just to even add to this and make it more complicated uh i just recently saw an article that said alec murdoch was recently found to have stolen money from the settlement that he helped facilitate so basically from this she had two sons Mm -hmm. And he was basically going to sue himself to help these sons get money. And um, that, so yeah, that sentence makes no sense. Yeah, no. And they supposedly like won like five, I think $500,000. There's a couple different pieces of information floating around the internet, but yeah and they never and this happened in 2018 and they still never saw the money Mm -hmm. and you know of course i after scanning that article a little bit more he may have been stealing it for drug money okay yeah okay this is yeah (laughs) so deep i know it's developing daily so it's a lot to keep up with and it gets really confusing but listen to it slowly and you'll slowly connect the dots and get there but Mm -hmm. you know both of these cases have extremely unbelievable connections to the family and spiral even deeper so they deserve you know their own time to really be talked about but they just can't go without being unmentioned yeah 
So maybe in the future. <laughs> part two. Yeah. This case honestly really needs it. Part two, part three, part four. Yeah. And with it still coming out daily, who even knows? Mm-hmm. I, I could only imagine what's going to come out in the next few months. But we're not done yet. Okay. <laughs> so kind of following this double homicide, these cases have been reopened. Um, we come to September 4th of 2021, where Alec Murdoch was supposedly shot in the head in what he claimed to be a drive-by shooting not far from the hunting home where the double homicide occurred. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know what to say anymore. In the original police report, Alec Murdoch stated that in the afternoon of September 4th, he got a flat tire and he was out changing it when a truck drove by and then circled back asking him if he needed any help, which then led to the driver abruptly shooting Murdoch in the head. So he survived? Yes. He's the one who actually called 911. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we have this case, but according to Fitz News, as this investigation began, it quickly fell apart. For example, a knife was found that had been used to slash the tires Mm-hmm. and immediately it was had a connection to being Murdoch's knife, and he actually had run-flat tires. Oh, what is a run-flat tire? So I, from just like a quick Google search, it's just a tire. It just doesn't, you can't, it doesn't go flat. Okay. Like, I think if you got like a nail in it, you could safely get somewhere and be able to change it. Like, not enough air is going to leak out to the point where you can't drive on it anymore. Hmm. You wouldn't need to change it in the middle of the road is what it's preventing. Okay. So the gunshot wound to Murdoch's head was actually claimed to be so severe that he was airlifted to a hospital in Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. However, there was a lot of sketchy back and forth on the severity of his injuries and even the location of the hospital he was sent to had two different, a couple different articles stating where he went like they were all saying he went to different places yeah okay like where he was at was kind of lied about what type of injury it was was kind of lied about it was it it was just falling apart it didn't make sense Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna show you these pictures of alec murdoch And these images come from the article Murdoch Murders Saga, Unpacking the Alec Murdoch Bond Hearing, posted by Fitz News. Mm -hmm. And here you can see his mugshot and pictures taken of him at his bond hearing. And he has no visible injuries in the front side or back of his head at all. This was after he got shot. Yes. Like 10 days. Yeah, you don't even see anything. No. He looks not even a (laughs) band-aid. He looks like he just woke up out of bed and yeah. had a great day. Yeah. Oh, only so great because he's at a bond hearing, okay. right? Why is he at a bond hearing? Oh, well, let's get there. So I basically have to read this quote directly because, again, you just can't make this story up. So in a media release from South Carolina Law Enforcement Division titled, SLED arrests Alec Murdoch for insurance fraud and other crimes. So 
This kind of came from the arrest warrants and affidavits that were attached. And um, here is a direct quote of the confession made by Murdoch. Murdoch. (laughs) Made by Murdoch. So, quote, on September 13th, 2021, Mr. Murdoch provided a statement to SLED admitting to the scheme of having Mr. Smith murder him for the purpose of his son collecting a life insurance policy valued at approximately $10 million. On September 14th, 2021, Mr. Smith admitted to being present during the shooting of Mr. Murdoch and to disposing of the firearm afterwards, end quote. Okay. So he wanted to get killed. Yes. So essentially, <laughs> Alec, Murdoch, Alec Murdoch asked Curtis Edward Eddie, he went by Eddie Smith, to shoot him in the head and to make it look like he had been murdered so his son Buster could collect the life insurance policy. Okay. And so therefore, with this coming out, he was arrested for insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and filing a false police report. Okay. So, I mean, sort of a smart plan if you knew how to do it correctly. Yeah. I, you, like to get your child the insurance money so that he can live the rest of his life with money, I guess, if you want to die. Yes, yeah. Why he wanted to die, you know. Well, I mean, his wife and stuff. Was, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty brutal. Well, there's still stuff even coming out today. I recently saw an article that a People article mentioned Maybe their marriage, you know, wasn't all that it seemed. I think okay. there were maybe speculation that she'd met with like divorce lawyers oh, okay. before she was murdered. That's all from the People article. So, again, there's so much information circulating around. It's hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. Know what you're reading is accurate. But yeah. Fitz News was a super great resource and I believe had the most accurate and up-to-date information. So I definitely recommend looking there if you want to keep following this case because they actually publish at least an article, if not more than one daily about this. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, so that's where we're at with the Murdoch so families. So like up-to-date. Yeah, pretty cool. much. There, a few other things have gone on, but... That's a really good sum, the most concrete stuff we have going on right now. Yeah. That was a very interesting story. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Just researching it, it took me a little while just to get everything in line. And even trying to tell it, you cannot tell it seamlessly. Yeah. No, it's a lot of information and a lot of stuff like ties to each other. So yeah, it's very dynamic. Yeah. I just hope all the families involved in those, you know, the Mallory Beach case, the Stephen Smith and Gloria Satterfield, that they all get the justice they deserve due to all the law enforcement conspiracy that's been involved. So that's another really big thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's the Murdoch family murders. This was definitely an exciting first podcast. It was, it was, but you did a great job. So I hope everyone enjoys it as much as I did. Yeah, and thank you all so much for sticking around if you've made it this far. Um, We will be coming back to you again next Monday with another new episode. Yes, we will. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.